Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Scott Williamson, MD of Blackstone Minerals. They're an Australian explorer with assets in Australia, Canada, and Vietnam. They are focusing on their Vietnamese asset, Takoa, uh, to produce nickel. They've got relatively high grades. Also received some funding from EcoPro recently of $6.8 million. We talk about what they're going to do with that money. And they've got fairly ambitious timelines to get into production by the end of 2024. And we talk to him about how he is going to try and achieve that. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, Scott. How are you, sir? Good, thanks, Matt. So uh, where are you in the world at the moment? Yeah, so in uh, the uh, self-isolation mode in, in Perth with my family and, uh, yeah, trying to uh, stay away from the streets and uh, stay safe. Yeah, and then we spoke to a couple of guys in Perth uh, yesterday. They said, glorious weather, so it's not too bad a place to be holed up, right? Yeah, it's great. Can't be bad. Hey, so you've, um, why don't we kick off the one minute overview and then we'll kind of get into some of the more recent news. Yeah, so um, yeah, we're uh, the uh, Blackstone Minerals. Um, we have a portfolio of battery and precious metals assets across the globe. Our flagship asset is the Takwa Nickel Project in Northern Vietnam. Um, that's a previously operating mine. So it operated between 2013 and 2016. Uh, and the previous owners sunk over $130 million into the capital infrastructure. So we, uh, our focus is to bring this mine back into production, uh, a little bit of a different strategy to our, our, uh, the previous owners of that asset. Um, and we're looking to, um, I suppose, feed this nickel into the lithium ion battery industry. And, uh, and, and we're looking uh, to, I suppose, work with um, strategic partners um, to develop downstream processing, and, um, which will, uh, I suppose, move this nickel concentrate into a um, pre- premium product, which is the nickel sulfate. Or the lithium-ion battery industry. So, yeah, looking forward to the next stage of that that process. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, obviously, we talked back in November when you were in London for the uh, for a conference there, um, and we sort of went through your, you know, the, the history and so forth. And people can refer back to that um, interview because um, you, you had a few other assets around the world, which you, you know, obviously the, the cobalt. Uh, which obviously market conditions meant that it made makes sense to park that up and focus on your on your nickel asset. So um, let's do that today. You have just announced some rather good news, haven't you? Yeah. So we've we're placing a strategic um, shareholder in EcoPro. So EcoPro is the largest cathode manufacturer in Korea and the second largest in the world. Um, EcoPro's main customers are Samsung, SDI, and another group called SK Innovation. So these are two of the biggest battery manufacturing uh, companies in the world. And so we're very very well positioned now with a $6.8 million investment at a 62% premium market. And I think that premium just shows that these, um, I suppose, larger um, battery players are focused on a longer term future and and this EV revolution isn't slowing. And if anything, it, it could actually be um, heating up even more so as, as the economy moves back into sort of stimulus mode. Okay, so obviously 6.8 is, it's, you know, it's a nice, nice sum of money to get. Um, and I want to talk about what you're going to do with that in a second. But a premium like that, what was that conversation like? What, what are they buying into? What have you said? Because I think a lot of people need want to know 
uh, how you go about negotiating. So tell, tell us about it. Yeah, so I suppose the, the premium is there because um, we believe that's a suitable premium to bring in a strategic partnership. So the, the partnership is, uh, I suppose, around them potentially over time getting access to the nickel. So um, it's at this stage, it's a fairly, um, I suppose, early uh, investment for them. It's a small investment. Um, they do end up with a 17% um, shareholding in Blackstone. Um, but we believe that the premium is is fair and reasonable because it's a, it's a strategic position that allows them over time, they will have access to the metal that they need for the lithium ion battery industry. Well, can we talk about the, the terms around that one? Because that's, that's what I was really getting at too, because you know, what have you had to give away to get a premium like that? Yeah. Because for them, it's not a lot of money, okay? It really, it really isn't a lot of money for you. It's meaningful and it's a step change for you potentially in terms of what you can do to unrelease the potential you know, in Vietnam, right? So what have you had to give away? So they, they will have a board position. So the Echo Pro will have a um, position on the Blackstone board. So that's one thing we've had to give away. Um, the other condition precedent is we have to exercise the option to uh, own the Tarkwa Nickel project. So, so we will exercise that option, which is a million dollars worth of Blackstone shares we will, will need to um, give to the vendor. Um, the other thing I suppose is that there's a best endeavours um, sort of uh, relationship here where we now move to this next stage, which is the joint venture on the downstream processing facility. So it's not, it's not a formal sort of, um, I suppose, partnership at this stage, but the next stage would be to now move towards this, this partnership where we, we um, partner on the downstream processing facility and we both um, then, I suppose, move to that next stage over the coming six to 12 months. But that's all upside for you, right? I mean, obviously, you're able to pay the previous or the current owner of, of the asset. Giving a board seat away, so what? But, you know, them, are you saying, well, we could potentially do something further downstream? That's, that's great for you. You've got a big partner with big pockets with her strategic as well as just being, you know, rather than just dumb money, as it were, as I usually call it. Um, mm. That's great for you. But why have they paid you so much? Do they feel that they've taken up some kind of option? There was there some kind of race going on? Uh, yeah, well, that's a good point. So what they do realise is that they're not the only ones that we're talking to. Um, so we're talking to other Korean players, um, major battery manufacturers, so they realise that they're not the only one in the room here. Um, we're also talking to other, um, I suppose, mining companies as well. So they, we made it fairly clear to them that um, we, we're, we're open to talking to all parties. Uh, and so they, they've jumped first, which is great because they, they're entrepreneurial and they saw the opportunity, but they also realised that they couldn't put any real, um, I suppose, uh, difficult terms around this deal because we would have potentially moved on to the next um, party that we're talking to. So they understand that they're not the only ones and they need to tread carefully um, because we, we've got the metal and the, and the nickel that the, these players need to produce this battery. So, yeah, so they, they've played it very smartly and, um, and so they now have the jump on, on the rest of the, the pack 
but that by no means um, the only one that we're going to deal with over time. Okay, cool. that's interesting. So you're saying there's there's no kind of right of first refusal in there. There's no you know uh, options on this whatever this downstream deal looks like. That they are not. Um, secure in the, in that sense. All they've done is paid you a premium so that you think that they're a fair partner. But in a commercial yeah. world, you've still got choices because there's nothing in you're, what you're telling me. There's nothing in paper which ties you down to uh, EcoPro moving forward, other than they've got 17% of the company. So that's quite good. That's right. It's good for shareholders. We're very happy. Um, so that and and I think the reason we were able to get a, um, a deal like this is because of the fact that there's not many assets like this left around the globe, and um, particularly because our capex um, potential is much lower than our peers, and we talked about this last time. So, so they see this as an opportunity, whereby they have to, yeah, they do have to tread carefully, um, because um, we, yeah, we, we we do have options here, and we have we have an asset that will deliver. Um, before a lot of our peers. So it's got that ability to produce that nickel that's required in the next two to three years. A lot of our peers will struggle to deliver in that timeline because of the CapEx hurdles and, and obviously even more so now with the difficult capital market. Yeah, okay, and we'll talk about the asset in a, in a second if you don't mind. Okay, so what's the reaction been like in the market to this announcement and what's the share price done? Uh, yeah, so we went up. Um, we're not trading anywhere near the um, issue price of these shares to Echo Pro. So we, I think we've got intraday about 16 cents. These shares will be placed at 17 cents. So I think it's a, it's a fair reaction. I think um, the market will take some time to digest this. And I'm not sure that the market understands who Echo Pro is. And um, over time, it's not a big name like Samsung or LG. But over time, people will do their research and realise that this is one of the major players in the cathode industry in globally. Um, so this is the perfect partner for Blackstone. So, yeah, I, I think yeah, we're in a market where you're going to get profit-taking. And unfortunately, we saw a bit of that today, but um, we'll see what tomorrow brings. Okay. Well, I guess it's down to you to tell the story, right? Because um, I was the same. Right? You know, I was like, who's EcoPro? I just... Didn't 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 know, but you know, I think once you know, you get some you get some sort of comfort that they will probably, if you deliver, want to follow their money, um, as you mm. as you say, to secure either some kind of offtake agreement or or other uh, agreement. Um, okay, well let's let's talk about those assets then. Um, you've talked okay, you've told us it's got 130 million bucks already sunk into it from you know, previous previous mining operations. Uh, can you just remind people why it shut down and uh, what you're going to be doing going forward? So it shut down at the bottom of the nickel price. So $8,000 per tonne nickel price when the mine was put into care maintenance. The reason it was put into care maintenance was also the fact that they, they actually mined the first ore body and depleted it. And they didn't do any exploration outside of that first ore body. So there was no exploration um, conducted by the previous owners. They left behind 25 exploration targets, which we're now moving through. And we've, we've just drilled out the first of those 25 targets. The first target is called the Banfoot Disseminated Ore Body. We believe will be a mine for the next 10 to 20 years. And so that's the other reason why we're able to 
um, I suppose, entice uh, or attract these um, end users is we've got a mine that justifies a significant investment from the end user because we can deliver the nickel over the, the, the long term. So, which a lot of our peers will have smaller mine lives and, and won't be able to justify building that downstream processing facility, which we'll now look at. Okay. So what I want to talk about is obviously what you're going to be able to do with six point, well, whatever uh, amount of that 6.8 million is going to go in the ground because you've got quite good grades. I mean, you know, over 1% on average uh, across the board with looking at looking at some of the drill results. So that's pretty good. What you don't have currently is, is a sense of the scale of this, you know, how big this could be. So what are yeah. you going to do with whatever money that you're going to spend from the 6.8? Yeah, so we're still on track for our maiden resource in June, July this year. And then we'll follow that very quickly with our scoping study, which or PEA as they call it in Canada. And that will be the moment where the market realises how much nickel has been left behind mm. and how much uh, or how economic that, that first ore body will be. So they're two key milestones. Um, the $6.8 million will also be used for exploring other ore bodies, but at the same time, we'll also move these studies all the way through to a bankable feasibility study. So with $6.8 million, we're actually funded all the way through to complete a bankable study. Um, our cost profile or cost structure in Vietnam means we can get a lot more done. We're drilling at for $60 a metre versus in Australia that would be 300 or, or, or yeah, in, a, in Canada it was $500 a metre. So we can do a lot more with the $6.8 million in Vietnam than, than people with a similar amount would, would need to invest in Australia. And so we, we're confident we can get all the way through to a bankable study and, um, and that's, uh, that's the, old, the idea of this capital injection from EcoPro is they saying, how much do you need to finish your bankable study? Here it is, bang. So and you, you probably won't answer this, but what, the results will come out in, in, in May, June, July sometime, right? The, the, um, the, the scoping study. What do you know today? Are you encouraged by what you see in terms of where this ore body uh, sets in terms of what do you know about it? What can you tell yeah. us? So, what we can say is that yeah, we'll, I think we'll go back to your first question. The one percent nickel. We've got a significant amount of this one percent nickel, which is this King Copra Discovery Zone. Um, that is twice the grade that we were expecting. So we were happy with anything around 0.5% nickel. Mm. Um, as you know, there's some of our peers that are, are looking to mine even less than that or lower lower grade. So we've got a significant tonnage at these higher grades. Um, this will deliver a 10 or 20 year mine. So it'll be an economic mine also because we've got the platinum, palladium, gold, rhodium, copper, cobalt. Um, byproduct credits will deliver up to 20% extra revenue uh, on top of the nickel. So there's 80% of the revenue will come from nickel. We've also got all these other metals in there. How, how, how do you know you're going to be able to economically create byproducts with all of those different commodities? Yeah, so we're, we're doing that metallurgical test work now. Um, the previous owners didn't assay for PGEs, so this is a new, a new part of the, the mine that wasn't previously understood. 
So we're, we're doing that initial work now, but we're confident that those metals will all float into the concentrate. And so you will get, um, you will be able to monetize that. Where, where's the um, confidence? Number, where's the confidence come from, Scott? Because obviously, many many companies um, think that until the metallurgy's work is done. So, what do you know? Yeah, we've done early stage bench bench uh, scale test work. Yeah, so um, we we need to do the the numbers around that. Um, at the moment, we don't know who the customer might be for palladium or rhodium. So there's a bit of work to do, um, but we do know we can recover them. Right. Okay. So, back to the scale question: Is you, you what do you know today about where, how far this goes out? I mean, how much drilling, historical drilling data have yeah. you got, for instance? So we've got, I suppose, the things we can talk about are we've got a kilometre-long ore body. It's five hundred metres wide. Um, there's multiple millions of tons. So, multiple tens of millions of tons. Um, of economic nickel sulfide um, in the first ore body. So if we were to build a, say, a 2 million tonne per annum concentrator, we might be looking at a, a 10 to 20 year mine life. Um, so yeah, they're sort of numbers we're looking at. Okay, and um, I know you haven't done the scoping study or, or PEA at, at the moment, but you, you talk about being funded through to BFS. What type of capex numbers would we be talking about? Because again, you've referenced low capex compared to peers who may be talking about you know a billion bucks to kind of get well, yeah. last rights, yeah. but so, sulfide projects yep. a little bit cheaper. So what do you know? Yeah, so what, what we can say is that the numbers are still um, looking uh, very competitive. Uh, circa $100 million US or, uh, for a downstream processing facility. Um, we still would need to um, upgrade the concentrator. So there's, a, there's, there's another capital spend there, which we're still um, doing the work on. But I'm confident we'll land below, say, $200 million total. Um, so... Yeah, we're still twenty percent of of a of a HPL scenario. So, yeah, we're we're aiming for that ten to twenty percent um, compared to that billion dollar HPL plant, which is our, our main competitor. Right. No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's very very different. I think we've done enough, you know, interviews with people talking about the difference between last rights and sulfides or bodies. So, um, so two hundred million market cap. Again, where would you, where would you, I mean, because you're going to talk about getting into production in the next two to three years, right? That's pretty quick in the, in the mm. scheme of things. Unfortunately, I've now signed up Echo Pro and they're not going to accept anything less. And, uh, and they're going to keep me accountable to that. And that's fine because my background being a mining engineer, I'm, I'm happy to, to go forward with this. And, and the good thing is now we've got the, um, funding partner, so that won't be the bottleneck. So going forward, funding won't be the bottleneck. Um, we we obviously need to push very quickly through these studies, and and obviously we don't want to be cutting corners on on any of that um, drilling and and metallurgy, and so there's a lot of study work. But there's still there's still 12, 18 months of studies here, and then we can build in 2022, and mining in 2023. So that's Echo Pro will keep me accountable to that, and and I'm happy because as long as they keep funding it, I can deliver that. 
well, fantastic. If they if they keep funding it, great, happy days. You can focus on running the business, not running around the world chasing money, right? So that, that's well, not not that we can at the moment, but yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, so if, if I if I look at this project, I, I need to understand it from an investment perspective. Okay, that's what people watching here are trying to work out. Is like, what am I buying into? So you're saying it's a it's a quick to production, low capex, high grade nickel project. Obviously, you've seen a bump in the shares uh, today. Hasn't really done much prior to that because you've been working out what what you're um, trying to be and what you're trying to focus on, what you're trying to do. What can shareholders look forward to this year or even next year in terms of catalyst, proper catalyst moments? Because I think you know, yeah. drill results come and go and no one cares, right? But what yeah. are you going to be able to tell people which is going to significantly move this company along? What are those big moments? Yeah, I, I think the first one will be that maiden resource. So we can really wrap some numbers around the resource, tons and grade, and, and you'll see the grade of these other uh, byproducts as well. So that'll be June, July. And then the scoping study is probably the biggest milestone because that's when we start to put MPVs around this. So I've obviously talked about CapEx, but... We're, we're obviously aiming for MPVs that are multiples of our CapEx number. And so there'll be a moment here when people realise that the market cap, whatever it is, 20 or 30, we're talking multiple $100 million of MPV here. So that's the moment where the market goes, okay, so there's an MPV of that. They've got the funding partner. Um, there's already been a mine built there before, so there'll be a mine there again. It has to sink in eventually. Um, so yeah, key milestones will be the scoping study, main resource, moving through these studies. That's when the institutional investors have to come in and say, well, hang on, this is going to be a mine again. So yeah, I think it's it's when we wrap the numbers around it. I mean, and, uh, and obviously it's very difficult to do that until we do the formal job process and all that. So um, that'll come. No, okay, you've got, a, you've got a lot of the right parts there. I mean, I guess the big one that people are looking at, obviously the fact that you've got a partner, are you going to be brave enough to say you're fully funded through to um, production? The conversations we're having is that they still want us to bring our own capital. Okay. And the reason why is that they don't want to be left holding the baby. And, the, and there's a great story, and it's the Amber Toby mine in Madagascar where Korea... Blew, their, blew themselves up and Korea learned the hard way. They don't want to be hold, lefting the, left holding the baby here and so they do want us to bring our own capital to the table. Um, but you could almost say we're fully funded because within Korea, I think we can bring all that capital to the table. And and so we'll, we'll start working with other players as well here. So, yeah, we're, we're close. But we, we'll still need conventional capital markets. At some stage. Okay. Which you expect to get from Korea or elsewhere in the world? Well, there are pockets of money out there and, and they are harder to find that can invest in this type of opportunity. And so we're hunting those down at the moment. Um, we, there's a chance that we could fund this almost entirely through Korean money, um, but that's not a good strategy either. We need to expand and, and, and look at all the options. Yeah, I think you, as you referred earlier, your optionality around the funding is important to you in terms of negotiation or else you'll find your money all of a sudden gets quite expensive. 
if you're reliant on one partner. So I think I think that's that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, so lots lots of good stuff there, Scott. Um, appreciate you coming on and telling us all about it. Obviously, you've moved things significantly from even from November to today. It's only four four short months. Well, actually, I feel like very long weeks at the moment with this confinement. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, I look forward to hearing about scoping study and any of these other results as they come through but you, you you've identified quite a good asset there um i hope you hope you can get all the way through to this uh, bfs quickly what's your timing on that actually the bfs so 12 to 18 months from now i think we can deliver that mm. um so scoping studies um as soon as we can so sort of august um september pfs soon after the conversion from scoping to PFS will, will be fairly quick because most of our, we're hoping that the most of our resource will be in that um, indicated category so we can convert to PFS quickly. There is a lot of work to get into that bankable stage, which is pilot plants. And, yeah. and so that's a 12 to 18 month process. Actually, that's, that, you raised an interesting point before, before we go, is uh, would um, EcoPro fund any pilot or demonstration plants or is that going to be part of the larger funding? Yeah, so we, by that stage, we probably would have, um, I suppose, built our partnership to a formal, um, like an SPV type scenario where we would actually fund that together. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, enough said, Scott. Um, appreciate your time. I know it's, you know, getting late there. Time for a beer, I suspect. So uh, I'll let you go and do that. Stay in touch and uh, give us a call. No worries. Thanks. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.